All right. Well, hello there, Caleb. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Seth. How are how are you this fine evening? I'm doing it pretty well. Um, I know we're both riding the high of getting to go to the movies this past weekend. Um, and perhaps slightly unlike the previous movie we saw, this is one that we didn't necessarily think we were going to see, or know for certain we were going to see. In theaters, but, at least. Um, in theaters, at least, yes. But we, we made a trip out of it, and... Um, we had a pretty good time, I would say. Yeah, yeah. We we met um, halfway between our two locations and and were able to um, enjoy uh, a nice afternoon in in um uh, the theater. So got to yeah. got to eat a big popcorn and and drink an icy, which is not something you get to do as often these days. Very true, and I got to get out of my apartment, which is something I don't do a whole <laughs> lot these days. So, um, a lot of fun. But yeah, we so we saw Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four on the big screen. Um, and Caleb, I think you should uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit about this movie. Okay, so I don't remember when its initial release was supposed to be. It might have been spring or summer this year, but mm-hmm. or last year actually, because it is now twenty twenty one. <laughs> happy new year <laughs> yeah happy new year everybody listening but yeah so this was released on christmas day 2020 so it is brand spanking new this is probably the the newest movie we have talked about so far or the most relevant movie like tenet was i guess a, a more recent film when we had talked about it but this right. is the um shortest length of time that has passed between a movie's release and us talking about it. Yeah. But so yeah, it was a Christmas movie. Um and and it was delayed uh maybe once or twice because of the global pandemic. But mm. it was directed and largely written by Patty Jenkins and I was looking on her IMDb page and I didn't know she was credited with Monster. But I do know that that is a movie that won Charlize Theron in Oscar. So okay. um, you know that Patty Jenkins can direct an Oscar award winning performance. So that's yeah, that's, for sure. a, that's, that's a neat thing to, to note. But but yeah, so this movie was, I think the, the two driving forces behind it were Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot. And her name is pronounced Gal Gadot, according to the woman herself on... Wow youtube videos <laughs> i feel so bad i've always said Godot. No, yeah i know i've been messing it up yeah i think that's just a and i mean so that that's coming from her mouth so she might be americanizing it for for the world but hmm. uh, that's how she pronounces it whenever she's talking to, to people or you know asking what her name is but i'll go into the rest of the cast so like i said gal Godot. Uh, is reprising her role of Diana Prince, a.k.a. Wonder Woman. And we've got Chris Pine coming back as Steve Trevor. Well, sort of coming back. It's, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll explain that, I guess, later. Um, Kristen Wiig. Um, I, I really love her in a lot of the things that I've seen her in. One of my favorite roles that she had was Secret Life of Walter Mitty, that movie. Mm. But um, or That's what I mostly know her for, but she's been in everything she's she's a very uh renowned actress in the in the world of comedy so yeah i think you said she had done some stuff on saturday night live too yeah she's a she she either is or was a cast like a permanent cast member on Mm. snl and uh she's been in a lot of the movies that like steve carell she her and steve carell are like partners in crime they they do like despicable me and they've done the anchorman movies and they're they're always paired together in in different movies that they do yeah you know what she did the how to train your dragon movies too and i just watched those recently so that yeah so that's um she was the character of rough nut okay it appears that doesn't mean anything to me but that's that's a funny it's a funny character (laughs) i guess it fits (laughs) Uh, i will i'll have to check out those movies sometime you were telling me how much you liked them yes for sure but uh pedro pascal he's uh i mean he's been around but he's mostly i guess known for now as being the mandalorian yeah and he's i think he's really um becoming popular and he's going to be in the upcoming 
I think Nick Cage movie, uh, <laughs> the unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, and you know, none of us can have, can wait for that one. That's like got to be up there on all of our radars. <laughs> um, um, I think I remember him from that movie that came out on Netflix with Ben Affleck a, a year or two, two, three years ago. Um, okay. It was uh, something Frontier. Do you remember? We watched it together. Oh, Final, or no, Triple Frontier. Triple Frontier. Yeah, he was in that yeah. movie. That's what I, that was like maybe one of the first things that I yeah. saw with him in it. So he's done some TV stuff, I guess, and also looks like he was in a Wonder Woman TV movie. Yeah, or I think it was supposed to be a TV series, but it failed okay. after like the pilot did bad. Oh wow! But yeah, I, I've seen that some people were talking about how like it's kind of poetic that he was. I think he was the opposite of Wonder Woman in that show, um, okay. and it failed miserably. And now he's you know mm. the the villain in the uh, yeah. the new Wonder Woman you know blockbuster film. Yeah, getting revenge on the big screen. <laughs> um, Robin Wright is also in this movie. Very briefly, though. Yeah, right? well, uh-huh. yeah, she's, she's, uh, she had a larger role in in the first Wonder Woman movie, but I mean, yeah. she's only going to be, you know, in the. I actually forgot where Wonder Woman's from, what it's called, but Amazon or the, it's the Amazon tribe. I can't yeah. remember the. Um, I don't know what the island's called. Yeah, but. Um, I'm looking to see if there are any other names that pop out. I mean, those are probably the big, the biggest names associated right. with this movie. Uh, yeah, none of the other ones that I'm seeing really stand out as being. Uh, Connie Nielsen, I think was was the aunt, or mm-hmm. or the mom. I think I actually I think she's the mom, um, Wonder Woman's mother. Because um, I think Robin Wright is actually the uh, the general character. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that was they. They did not talk about that in this movie, but yeah. I think you're correct. I mean, they just kind of it was they showed they, it. Yeah, they were in one scene that lasted, you know, five to ten minutes, and then yeah, they were gone for the rest of the movie. Um, yeah, and I don't know. Did you want to mention who did the music for this movie as well? Oh yeah, so it popped up on the screen when we were in the theater. Hans Zimmer. I <laughs> I had no clue yeah, that like, he was that associated with this movie, but you know, yeah, one of subjectively one of if not the best composer in the film industry today yeah um so that was kind of i wouldn't have i mean he did you know the batman movies with christopher nolan but and he might have done you know more dc movies that i just don't know about like he might have done man of steel or something but yeah, I don't know how how much he's delved into the yeah. um, superhero genre. I guess I usually think of him associated with either Christopher Nolan or like more dramatic roles or yeah. movies. Yeah, but very iconic soundtrack usually. Yeah, yeah. Um, um but um, other than that, it, so it doesn't list the budget on IMDb, which we we had talked about that before, which is interesting. Um, but the gross, I can tell you, <laughs> the cumulative worldwide gross, mm-hmm. which at this point it looks like it's um, just over a hundred million, which is, you know, not, not what you would expect for a movie like this. But I mean, it is. I don't know how HBO Max is is um, considered in that number, or if it is at all. Um, that, that's something I probably should have mentioned before now is that this movie was released in theaters and on HBO Max same day. Um, hmm. So for the people that are a little bit more wary of going to theaters at this moment in time, that was the uh, option that was offered. Um, and there's a some some controversy as to whether or not that is uh, a good decision. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. They just had to make a call, I suppose, the, the, the studios or the, you know, whoever's behind those decisions um, to, to try to, you know, get as much money in as they could to, you know, pay for these projects. Yeah, that's what's tough is it takes so much money to create the quality of movie that we have come to expect, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's tricky. But, and it looks like the um, the filming locations... So this movie takes place kind of in D.C., mostly. Mm-hmm. They do travel to, I believe it's Egypt, and... Is it Egypt? 
Yeah, where the pyramids are and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At least they fly through. They fly through Egypt. Um, I can't remember where exactly they go in over in that vicinity, but it is in the desert in the Middle East. Yeah, it looks like uh, the filming locations I'm seeing are uh, DC naturally, um, some areas in Spain, and uh, some some UK areas. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, so Egypt is not listed, but maybe they just went to, like, a very... Oh, okay, yeah, so they they were in Spain to make it look like the streets of Cairo in Egypt. Okay, yeah. So so it did... Egypt was a location in the movie, but they filmed um, in Spain. Very cool. Yeah, um, but uh, is there anything I missed in terms of background or, you know, oh, setting up was... the conversation? Yeah, I think that was um, a lot of the major stuff. I think that was pretty good. Um, addressing the unique, I guess, situation, too, in which this movie has been released with um, COVID and everything else. Um, so I can do my best to give a synopsis um, of the movie. Of course, not hitting all the details, but just kind of outlining the major threads throughout. So Diana Prince also known as Wonder Woman, as Caleb mentioned, um, is still processing her grief over the death of Steve Trevor, so spoiler alert if you haven't seen the first one, when a mall heist gone south reveals a mysterious stone which appears to grant a single wish to its holder. And after studying it with her Smithsonian colleague, Barbara Minerva, played by um, Kristen Wiig, it is stolen by the charismatic TV personality Maxwell Lord, Pedro Pascal, but not before each of them makes a wish Diana for Steve to come back, Awkward Barbara to become more like Confident Diana, and Lord to become the stone itself. As each receives what they wished for, they also lose what is most valuable to them. Diana her powers, Barbara her humanity, and Lord his relationship with his son. And as Lord, who becomes an oil tycoon, throws the 1984 Cold War world into turmoil, pun intended, Diana must choose between the love of her life and the protection of all humanity as Lord and the Cheetah fight to keep what they wished for. In other words, beware of what you wish for. A dude who absorbed a magic rock may sell you oil shares. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um... So that's my, my best attempt at a, a quick synopsis. Of course, there is yeah. much more complexity. And probably, maybe, I don't know if this is where you want to start. Well, is there? <laughs> we, well, we have, so we have Wonder Woman living in America in hiding. Um... Of course, she can't really be a super public figure because she doesn't age like everyone else, and um, she's like you know got superpowers. So she has a pretty nice job at the Smithsonian. So that's pretty cool because she's like super smart and like knows languages and all that stuff. Um, but then the whole Steve Trevor coming back in this movie, I think, was one of the more surprising things for me. Um, I don't know if that also surprised you. I, I didn't know how they were going to do it because, I mean, I watched the trailers and and he was in them. So I couldn't yeah. tell I couldn't tell if it was just going to be like um, him kind of being in her mind and he's not really there. Um, yeah. More like a shadow of her past that kind of follows her. Right. Uh, I didn't know that he was actually going to be, I guess, resurrected, if you will. Yeah. Um, um, so, of course, I mentioned that the stone, um, this artifact gives the person what they wish for it might be in an unorthodox way that the wish is granted um so for this particular wish it was his personality and consciousness basically overwrote um an existing dude and he started living in that dude's body um in dc so that was also just kind of like a strange thing to like really get behind i guess was like or because I was kind of sitting in the back of my head like, well, like, that's kind of messed up, isn't it? To just delete the person's life and, I don't know, <laughs> have Chris Pine just kind of conveniently, you know, pop into his body. Well, well, we know that the the wishing is very crooked. So yes. they mentioned that it's the monkey's paw kind of deal yeah. where it gives you, you know, what you wish for, but then it takes what you prize most in return. And so um, I don't think that you know, an evil spirit, you know, behind, you know, the evil force behind the wishing, I guess, phenomena is going mm -hmm. to take into consideration, 
other other people or you know <laughs> how how it treats the the people that it that it affects <laughs> yeah well you know that's a good point and i mean I, what's more so surprised me was that in all of their objections to the, the wishing and you know do we keep do we keep our wish do we renounce our wish um, once they realize that it's a trap um that they never stop and object that like what about the dude whose body you're living in, Steve? You know, like that's not um, that doesn't come come into their. <laughs> you stole his life. <laughs> yeah, not, that doesn't come into their moral decision making. Um, but I got the same same time they mention that the the dude seemed to keep to himself and like not live a super social life. Well, then at the end of the movie, I mean, not to jump around in the plot, yeah, but yeah. at the end of the movie we actually meet him again like the real him and he says mm-hmm. that his friends make fun of the way he dresses and, and so he has friends that he cares about and you yeah. know that he interacts with and so that's the the thing i guess the first thing to say about this movie is that it's there's there's a lot of inconsistencies and and things like they they often will um what is it called i can't think of the word i can't conjure it up um they will often undo something that they said earlier, or that they. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I can't think like of what that word maybe, is. Or... Yeah, or you know, but but there's they will say something or do something or set something up, and then they will almost disregard it or forget that they did that, and then later on just sort of you know turn their back on that and go the opposite direction. Yeah. So, for example, if you if you want to transition to um, Barbara's character uh, or Kristen Wiig's character, Barbara. So she's a super like happy go lucky like a little bit like clumsy awkward um, but super smart uh, worker worker at the Smithsonian. Um, she wishes once to become like Diana and unwittingly you know gains also the powers of Wonder Woman by wishing that. But then she gets granted another wish later in the movie. But they've been acting like the whole time the single wish is a pretty big like you know mm-hmm. constraint on what the stone's power is. Yeah. Um, so it's just like a slight inconsistency. I mean, contradiction might be too strong. It's just, um, that's the word I was looking for was yeah. contradiction. Yeah. <laughs> so and I guess I, I, don't I don't think know. it's too strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's fair, fair for your assessment. Um, but yes, yeah, what did you think of, um, Barbara and I guess her arc in the movie? Well, uh, I, I guess first I want to go off of what you said where, um, so Maxwell Lord, he said, I'm feeling generous and I've only seen this movie one time. So yeah, it's not like Tenet where I've seen it, you know, six or seven times and I know everything <laughs> about it. Um, right. but I, I really do think that there are some inconsistencies in this movie, but when they're on the helicopter, um, I think it's a helicopter, Maxwell Lord's character said, you know, what do you wish for? And I think she says something like, I already got my wish. And he said, well, I'm feeling generous. It's like, but earlier, he was looking for people to take wishes from, and if he had already taken a wish from them, then he had to move on to another person or find a new person. Right. So it didn't seem like you could... It didn't seem like, one, he could just hand out wishes. It looked like he always had to have people wish for him. Yeah. And she had already wished, and so earlier in the film, we saw that you get one wish. So... Yeah inconsistent <laughs> so yeah. i just wanted to uh let, let go off a little bit more on on that scene that you brought up but in terms of barbara's character um so i guess the cheetah is a comic book character or or an adversary of wonder woman i, mm-hmm. I did not grow up reading the wonder woman comic books i guess because i am um i was a little boy and so i more so associated with the male superheroes Mm-hmm. Um, like Batman and, and I guess, Flash and, and people like that, Superman. But, uh, so I guess the Cheetah is a character. Um, so I don't really know much about that character's backstory or, or what it what the character is supposed to be. But I will say that um, I enjoyed Kristen Wiig's um, performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she was a very, you know, just kind of forgettable face the way that she played it you know she kind of was uh an introvert well maybe not even an introverted person she just didn't really seem to garner much attention from people yeah right um but then when she made the made her wish um she was um 
I guess, more like Diana, which I guess means she is more popular and more well-liked and, and she's seen as, as beautiful, but also she unknowingly um, received Diana's powers too, um, her being Wonder Woman. She mm. received her Amazonian powers, her, her strength and, and all of that good stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I kind of I, I like the character. I liked I think I liked Kristen Wiig's performance of the character. I don't. <laughs> uh, it, I kind of sometimes confuse the performance with the character itself. So I don't know if I liked the character or if I just liked the performance of the character. Yeah. But no, I thought that it was a yeah. welcome presence. Yeah, and I think one area to which I might give props to the writing in this movie. Um, is in how the characters are all interesting like foils for one another so you have someone who is powerless like barbara and in the movie she ends up in a situation where she's walking through the park alone at night um and this drunk guy like starts like trying to get her attention and like wants to help her and is like and then he gets mad at her for refusing so i'm sure this is like every woman's like worst nightmare of like a mm-hmm. situation to be in um, and luckily diane is there to like kick the dude's butt and save her but um Later in the movie, like after she started, you know, get her powers back, we see her run into the same guy, and as she's losing her humanity and the, her likableness and amiability, she just like goes rage monster and kicks the crap out of him. Um, and you know, so it's kind of like, in one sense, a triumphal turn for her is like she's not getting pushed around and stuff. But it's also like, wow, this is turning kind of dark. She could yeah. like totally just destroy people um, and is is not herself anymore. But that's in contrast. So her gaining her powers is in contrast to, to Diana lo- losing her powers or her powers waning. Um, so I thought that was, was an interesting like thing to see play out for the first half of the movie or so. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, and to, to talk about that, that the other two scenes that you just brought up, mm-hmm. I felt very, and I mean, you're supposed to, it, it was, it was, but I felt very uncomfortable watching the scene where the drunk guy was harassing her. Yeah. It, it felt very aggressive which I was probably intentional um, yeah. or it, it definitely was intentional. Um, and so, and I think that the fact that I was uncomfortable, they, they probably succeeded in what they were trying to do. Um, but, but then, you know, when they turn it around, I was also uncomfortable. <laughs> the, the next time she meets that guy and she's kicking the crap out of him, it's kind of just like, mm. you know, is, is this the correct response? Um, which I, you know, that he w- he was harassing her, um, and there's no telling how far he would have gone, but she, um, he was stopped. Um, but I guess we just saw what, you know, the the opposite of you know when she had no one to step in and stop her, we saw the outcome of that. So yeah, yeah. But those scenes were very just had me a little bit kind of stirring in my seat. Yeah, and I think like you mentioned, I think that was intentional. And upon thinking about the movie, those are probably two of the scenes that really stuck out to me is like um, maybe being like a commentary or like helping give Mm -hmm. us a window into what it's like to be a woman like alone at night and how like Mm -hmm. scary and vulnerable that could be. Um, So I would say good, like they're they're a good job, you know, to, to the writers. And I think that was some good um, storytelling, but um, overall, I guess we, I think we both agreed uh, like immediately after the movie. The first half of the movie felt pretty strong. Like, not quite yeah. sure where it's going. Is cool. Kind of the dynamic of. I was along for the ride. Yeah, like you didn't you didn't necessarily predict where it was going. It's like, oh, Steve Trevor's back. Like that's kind of crazy. And then you're know, like, oh, uh, Wonder Woman's losing her powers. Like that's kind of crazy. Like what's going on? And then Maxwell Lord, you know, is like just wish by wish, um, granting people wishes so that he can take something from them, and that escalating super quickly and like starting like world conflict um with that power so like again like, i thought all that was interesting um uh, leading up to it story-wise but towards the end it just i don't know if what um what i was experiencing it just i kind of found myself getting like less into the movie as the conflict was escalating um mm-hmm. and when the characters are having to make choices about do i keep what i wished for or do i renounce my wish so that i can you know not be contributing to the destruction of the world or not i don't know if you had a similar experience while watching or yeah no yeah i was i was completely i'm right there with you i was along for the ride for the first i mean this is a long movie 
first mm-hmm. of all. Two and a half hours, that's... For, for a superhero movie, um, this is, you know, extensive. That is, you know, that's that's what I go into a Christopher Nolan, Nolan movie anticipating, is a right. two and a half hour movie. But I kind of thought I was signing up for, you know, an hour 45 minutes, maybe slightly over two hours. Um, but, yeah, I just, I was I was along for the ride from the get-go. But then I don't exactly remember when I was taken out of it. It was probably, honestly, around the time Steve Trevor left the mix, when mm-hmm. um when she sort of left him. I was kind of disinterested from that point on. Or, or <laughs> I guess as Max Lord kept granting people wishes, um, there was somewhere in there I was just kind of like, where is this going? And then I, I kind of became less interested and less interested and. And it didn't really become more interesting to to keep me um, right involved. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to point to you know maybe exactly what that was because um, in some senses, like I guess that's when the climax of the movie is supposed to be when uh, Wonder Woman is starting to, to face the adversaries and the conflict is escalating and it's building up um, different things. And I think it was very powerful to see her reaction or interaction with Steve where it's like she's grieving losing the love of her life and she's got him back now but if she doesn't let go of him then the world's gonna like fall into chaos and all sorts of crazy things are gonna happen so there is definitely like a very visceral like you know processing of grief that I think did come through in the movie Um, but like you said Steve Trevor's gone it's not that she stops thinking about him because she she starts to commemorate him um and learning how to fly, uh, which was kind of like a cool, I guess, <laughs> twist. Um, again, I just I, that's not something I saw coming. So I think that, the flying and, and stuff. Like, the way I said that might have made it sound kind of tacky. I don't know. I was well, I was laughing one at just the way that you said that, but also two, looking back, I think that's just the dumbest scene that I've seen in a movie in a while. The one she starts flying. Yeah. Uh, so describe that for us then. What, I just how, I don't yeah. know. It was sweet because he had earlier in the film said, you know, she kind of just said flying is your thing. I, I've never really understood it. And he said, well, you you know, you just kind of feel it. You feel the air, and you just sort of go with it. I don't exactly mm-hmm. remember what he said. And so she was when she was going to, I guess, confront the cheetah Barbara and Maxwell Lord. Um, she, I guess, remembered what Steve told her and figured out how to fly herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, like, plays his, what he says in the background, like, yeah. as she's, like, showing yeah. her feeling the air and stuff. Yeah, I just, um, it, it was, it was a nice sentiment, um, the, you know, sort of bringing that back and her sort of remembering him in that moment, but I just thought the whole, um... You know, I, I forget the word, but I think that whole montage, if you will, of her just flying yeah. and I, it was very cheesy looking back. And and I, I don't know if Wonder Woman's character flies. I think she does. So I think that yeah. is a, I think that is a, you know, an attribute of the character. But yeah. I, I guess I, that that whole scene just kind of was. It, it took me out of the movie too, because I was just like, this is kind of cheesy and i i did i just didn't like the way it was done personally (laughs) yeah yeah which i don't know how you would do it differently i'm not it's easy to critique and be like i didn't like this i didn't like this this was cheesy blah 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 blah. um like i don't know how to make a movie how to write a script but i'm just telling you how i felt watching it having seen a lot of movies yeah and eventually i guess Seeing her fly when it's just like her and her whip and stuff, I guess that was that was kind of like the surprise. But eventually she gets she puts on this like super cool armor with wings. So I feel like her flying in that is a better explanation of like her maybe commemorating mm-hmm. Steve or like tying that together. Yeah. Um, so she flies and then she goes to pick up the suit and then she flies again to, act, yeah. to finally go confront um, confront them. So, yeah. So she she takes a she takes a quick you know soda break. Or, you know, a quick, uh, she punched out for a couple minutes and yeah. flew 
and then she stopped at her apartment to go pick up a suit and then went to go fight in the end yeah which um the story of the armor i thought was pretty cool so it's there's an ancient amazon named asteria i think um something like that who she was like she stayed behind um in this mega armor put like off put together by all the amazons giving this one person their armor so she could like buy them time to escape to the safety of their island as like the world of men is coming in and like the chaos and attacking her and beating her down and stuff um so i guess that's kind of like a female like martyr kind of Mm -hmm. symbol um and I mean, I'm not trying to read like a lot into it, but then for Wonder Woman to get that armor, um, I thought that that was a cool touch to this movie is like a new, you know, like suit or whatever, kind of like for Batman or other characters when they get a new suit, it's kind of like a, you know, nice little twist. Yeah. Um, but then the armor gets like destroyed while they're fighting, uh, while she's fighting the cheetah. So it's kind of, you know, or just the wings of it. Yeah. The wings on it, I guess. Um, so but, again, yeah, what did you, what did fly. you think of? Yeah, yeah. Um, what did what did you think about that fight scene with the cheetah? So, in this part we were talking about earlier, it's in the timing of the movie when this is building up to the climax. You have um, Wonder Woman arriving at this island, in which Lord is beaming himself to the world's TVs to so he can grant everyone's wishes at the same time. So the cheetah is there. Wonder Woman flies in, fights the cheetah. You're thinking it's going to be like this epic fight. It lasts maybe like two minutes. Yeah. Um, it feels very fast um and it's not i mean it, there's like i mean cool choreography and stuff and then she ends up just like electrocuting her in the water um and i guess diana's armor protects her or something i'm not sure exactly how she doesn't also yeah you know, i don't, get I don't electrocuted. If, if 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 the cheetah had her powers because that was her wish yeah how was diana able to withstand it but she wasn't yeah and i guess maybe we could just point to the armor and say you know the, but metal the, armor arm, was... the metal armor is electricity proof. I don't know. But, but like, she didn't have armor on her hands and her head and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe cheetahs have a weakness for lightning or something. It's, like, part of their genetic code. Um, when the, so, yeah, because Barbara is now the apex predator, but she has, I guess she still has a weakness. So, yeah, that was, I guess, not a great confrontation. Again, we're, we're feeling like this needs to be, like, the climax of the movie. And then she goes in to fight Maxwell Lord. Um, so, the cheetah thing kind of just felt like... I don't know. For what it had been building up to, it didn't feel like it delivered, I guess, mm-hmm. the full weight of what it could have been. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, yeah, I think it... That, that was exactly what I was going to say. Like, it, it felt very short and just very not satisfying. Because, yeah. um, I mean, I was looking forward to a big confrontation between those two and, and maybe... Diana would be able to talk her down and, and have her either join her or maybe, you know, stop. I, I, I didn't really, I I guess I had some ideas in my mind as to what could happen. Um, I think I sort of anticipated that she would be able to talk Barbara down and, yeah. um, but, but no, <laughs> that didn't yeah. happen. She decided she wasn't going to give up her powers. So, um, Diana electrocuted her in the water and that was the end of a, you know, two and a half minute fight scene yeah where they so, don't really actually they didn't really actually fight like i i know that the so the cheetah clawed at the shield that diana like, had they kind of like uh diana kind of swung and around they, and stuff yeah they threw each other uh around for a second and then they went up into the sky and were sort of clawing at each other from Di- i think diana was holding on to her whip and barbara was holding on to like an electric wire um and they were swinging in the air and then they dropped into the ocean and sort of worrying one another's so that i don't think there was ever like a punch or anything thrown like something you would anticipate in a fight yeah i mean i, th- I think there might have been some of that but like you're saying if it did happen it's not sticking out in our minds as like yeah that being the climactic fight scene and then yeah. i guess to, to go what we we're talking about earlier so like so barbara there's a big deal where barbara refuses to give up or to renounce her wish then at the very end there there not the very end but towards the end it shows her back in human form like staring out at like you know the golden sunset or whatever and timing wise i think it implies that she did renounce her wish because i think it was before um i guess everyone else starts doing it or maybe i, I can't remember but i think it was that, after i think it, it was after, after maxwell yeah. re- so, renounced his wish so i don't know yeah i don't know if that was the sign of 
she she still had the hard heartedness, but the wish her powers were gone now because Maxwell gave up, you know, his um, his quest. But yeah, that it just felt kind of it didn't it felt a little dissatisfying for Barbara's character because yeah, it didn't seem end, like I walked out of the theater thinking that there was no. Like you know, they they say that you you know for for a character to be good, they have to have some sort of progression, yeah. and they have to not end in the same place they are at the beginning of the movie. Um, and yeah. and I and I guess, well, she was nice at the beginning of the movie, but I guess what I'm getting at is she never is she supposed to come back later on, or I mean, she yeah, yeah. she obviously is in human form again, so she's not the cheetah anymore, but. She she kind of the movie ended with her in my mind still being a villain, so there was no, I guess redemption for her character, which is what you would anticipate, or I guess traditional writing would, you know, have us believe that that would be a nice way to conclude yeah. the story arc if she's not supposed to come back as yeah. a villain again. Yeah, and maybe at the same time, what they were thinking was we need to have a contrast. To Diana, who does give up her wish for a woman who's equally powered, but who's so afraid of being powerless, she refuses to give up her wish. Um, so I could see how that might be, you know, like how that they're trying to get that to play out. It just, um, I don't know. They just would have liked to see her nice again, I guess. Yeah. Um, no, so she was, she yeah. was a really, she was a really kind and, and fun character at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So it would have been nice to see that side of her again yeah and if we if you um i don't know if you, how much you would want to talk about this but i thought maxwell lord's character was awesome in terms of like yeah uh one pedro pascal's performance like i thought he did like a great job um being like the charismatic tv personality mm-hmm. we figure out he's um be, he is kind of a fraud like he's been like um poor and kind of like looked down upon and his whole life and his father never believed in him um so he's trying to make it big in the oil world and he's like he's he's you know you could call him a con man you call him just like a you know thrifty or a little bit but then he figures out that or he's he's been seeking this stone for the purpose of his um ventures but then his son ultimately is what keeps him grounded and his, he's trying to prove to his son that he can be a great <laughs> oh man. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot about his son. Yeah, so you might want to talk about the son a little bit, but so I thought the the story wise, it really worked well for him. He did have a great progression where mm-hmm. he became the most powerful being in the world, being able to grant all these wishes and like he's fulfilling his, I guess, quest of greatness and stuff. But then he realizes like I've done all this, but at what cost? Like I can't. Uh, my son, um, like is like I'm far away from him. Like he he. Like he's not gonna be able to like live through in this world I'm creating, um, so he has to kind of like renounce his wish of being the stone in order to uh, to go like really be a father to his son. And of course, his son's like, Dad, like I'm already proud of you. You're my dad. Like you didn't have to do anything for me to to be proud of you. So I thought that was like a pretty positive um, character arc for him. Um, yeah. But I, and I enjoyed the kind of like over the top like personality like. 80s pinstripe suit and some of the style there but yeah i know you you probably want to say something about the the sun at least i guess <laughs> well i mean i'll just go on the record as saying pedro pascal is the maybe only good thing about this movie in my mind um mm. i think he carried it more so than even gal gadot like she's the titular character and i just i think that this movie would have fallen flat without pedro pascal um, I think that it would have been a not recommend and just a failure if his character wasn't in it. Wow. But, um, yeah, I, I thought he was the best part. His performance was, was great. Um, it was a standout in a fairly otherwise mediocre movie. If, I mean, I'm kind of showing my hand as to what <laughs> I'm going to say towards the end of our conversation. But right. um, I thought the character was great, and I thought Pedro Pascal's performance was great. Um, I did like the progression of his character, but um, as you sort of, you know, said, I, I wasn't a fan of the son. I guess I like that aspect of his character, that he has this son. I just hated the kid actor. Um, I I thought, like, I, don't, I mean, 
That's, you don't hate you don't hate the, you don't hate him. You just didn't I, didn't. Appreciate I hated it. his performance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I I don't really know. I guess you can't expect too much out of a, you know, how old was he? Six or something? Yeah, um, and I mean, also pretty much all he had to do was be at the wrong place at the wrong time and cry because his yeah. dad was not wanting him. So I just I he it was very weak acting in my opinion. I just I. The way that he would deliver lines and stuff, I was, I was just rolling my eyes and, and almost, it, it was. It, I just thought it was really bad. The the acting from that kid, yeah. and I mean we've seen movies with kid actors where the acting is in, insane, like so incredible. Yeah. Um. So I guess I was just kind of thinking, you know, this is this was probably supposed to be, you know, if if we weren't in the midst of a pandemic, this was probably you know, one of the biggest movies that was supposed to come out this year. And I feel like they should have mm. been able to get a better kid actor, especially if it's, you know, I feel like he had a fairly important role. He he probably yeah. had, you know, the fifth or sixth or seventh most lines out of any character. Yeah. Um, he said, you know, a few things um, throughout the movie. And I just, I just didn't think it was de- uh, delivered all that well. And and I and it really took me out of the movie whenever he was on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> um, maybe the last thing if we wanted to mention, talk about before moving into evaluation or anything else you think of, but how do you feel like the '80s nostalgia stuff either Ooh. worked or didn't work for this movie? Because I, I mean, it's a big thing. It's like they're setting this movie in 1984. There's a lot of visual you know things that go into making a movie look like it's 1980s mm-hmm. so um what did you think about that so i i i i like that it was set in the 80s um i think that that was a good setting for this movie i think that a lot of people you know sort of look back at the 80s um have nostalgia towards it and sort of look back fondly on that time Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's, it's definitely, you know, I love watching movies like Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, you know, a- anything from that time that just sort of transports me back to a time that I didn't get to experience personally and just looked like a pretty fun time to be alive. And I know that it's my mom's favorite decade, I think. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, one thing that I told you walking out of the theaters is it felt over-the-top 80s like the the costumes the just everything about it felt like some kind of fantasy version of what the 80s actually were right. and i know it's a comic book movie so you you know you, that sort of contributes to the feel of it like it's not going to look like the actual 1980s that you know people who were alive then experienced but it yeah. did feel it felt very fantastical, very cartoony, very um, popping colors when I feel like they were probably not, you know, as poppy. Yeah. Um, the color, the colors were probably more muted than this movie would lead you to believe. And I don't think everybody wore, you know, jazzercise suits. Like Barbara's character seemed to have a certain style about her. Um I just feel like this, it was almost, and this is, again, coming from someone who didn't actually live through the 80s, but have, I have watched many movies from that period, so I think I have somewhat of a feel of what it looked like back then. Um, This movie just kind of felt like whoever was in charge of sets and costumes and, and, you know, all of that stuff, they, it looks like they might have watched like one particular movie from the 80s or, or someone who didn't actually live through the 80s were like this is what the 80s you know looked like it it just felt very um to repeat myself very you know cartoony and over the top hmm. yeah. but i do think that the 80s was a good setting um considering sort of where we were in the world and and it sort of introduced you know some the, the conflicts that we saw globally that arose, um, I think that they were, you know, sort of relevant considering, because they were talking about, like, the Soviets versus uh, the U.S. and nuclear, yeah. you know, acquisition. Well, yeah, and if I can comment there, um, I think what you're talking about, 
uh, I probably wouldn't, I'm probably not as, wasn't as bothered by it as you, because I think they're also, in some ways, poking fun at 80s fashion, because, like, yeah. they have the scene where Steve Trevor's trying on all the outfits, when Diana's like, yeah, this is stylish, or like, yeah, this is stylish, she's like, are you kidding me? Like, I would never wear this, this is ridiculous. But what he can't let go of is the fanny pack, so he commits yeah. to wearing the fanny pack. And I thought that was a hilarious little, yeah. um, little bit in the movie. So some stuff, I think, works well. They try to do a little bit of mall nostalgia at the beginning where the heist yeah, um, is taking was, place. That, that was just weird for me, though. Like, yeah. the, the haircut of the bank robber where his hair was sticking straight up and just that whole sort of segment just yeah. felt very like a cartoon. Yeah, well, that's fair. And I was I was trying to compare it to other things in my mind. So I'm thinking, like, Stranger Things, I think season three, where they really capitalize on, like, the 80s mall nostalgia and it's like the mall's, like, the, the best place to be and it's awesome. So I think they're going for a little bit of that vibe, but where the movie ends up going is more of like, well, who doesn't miss the Cold War? You know, like that's not, <laughs> and that's not that. I think you lose you lose the nostalgia um, <laughs> when, when people start to like be fearing nuclear catastrophe again. So I don't know, like, and again, the beginning, like we're talking first hour and a half of the movie, there's all this like beautiful color stuff, like they're flying an invisible plane through fireworks you just like feel like you're that was a you beautiful shine through yeah so there's like there are, there are great that, visuals yeah um to it but then i just don't know yeah when it's all said and done how it really works together um at the end for the in terms of the 80s setting making sense and then i think someone pointed out there might be a discontinuity with wonder woman having surfaced here in the 80s and then how wonder woman is introduced in the batman versus yeah. superman movie as a character who's been like off the radar for a super long time or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and also, so I'm looking on IMDb right now, there's a, there's an FAQ where mm-hmm. someone says in the movie, Batman V Superman, Bruce Wayne tells Diana that she is not recovered from Steve's death and has been missing for over a hundred years. And that sort of goes off of what you said. And, and in this movie, she, you know, she's, she has resurfaced in the eighties and she also, comes to terms with the loss of Steve Trevor and even you know the movie at the end hints that she might be able to sort of put herself out there again and maybe start loving people or you know maybe get romantically involved with another person and and so this movie mm-hmm. completely just contradicts the, I guess the the story arc that they had for her in the previous DC movies yeah well if we were to go into everything wrong with the DC movies that'd probably be a completely different conversation yeah. So we could give him the benefit of the doubt and say Patty Jenkins is focused on trying to make a like a trilogy of Wonder Woman movies that are, you know, but as I mean, solid she, as she exists can. in the universe in the DC universe. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, it's it's kind of like the whole J.J. Um, Abrams Ryan Johnson thing with Star Wars. Like yeah. I completely have no respect for the for the fact that they kind of were just like, oh, the Last Jedi didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. let's let's just cover it up and make the movie that we think you guys want. Um, that's kind right. of what Patty Jenkins did here, if, if that's sort of what you're saying, um, which yeah. I think is not the right move to make. Yeah. Well, I'll ask you one more question, and if you want, you can segue into your assessment with this. Um, so leading up to this movie, there was a lot of hype, I guess, or critical acclaim for the movie, um, but then upon the movie's release, it seemed like crowds did not respond to the movie the way, I guess, the hype was leading up to. So. Like, what do you think was going on there? Yeah, so I guess I'll go ahead and just spill the beans, um, if you will. So this movie, currently, I'm looking on IMDb. That's my favorite, I guess, movie archive source, if you will. But on IMDb, the audience rating is a 5.5 out of 10 for Wonder Woman, which is really not great. Um, and, And, yeah, like you were saying... I remember seeing trailers and previews and, and commercials leading up to this movie's release, and they were like, oh, it's certified fresh. And, you know, I, I looked at one point, and I think it had a, you know, a fairly high rating, but now it's probably in the 70s, maybe headed towards the 60s. Hmm. Um, and and I, I really think that there was a lot of hope for this movie to do well because, you know, it's one of the few... Um, female-led action movies in, you know, today's age. Like, we're sort of trying to move in that direction, which is great. Um, I think especially for little girls to, you know, grow up seeing, you know, female empowerment and that women can, you know, do super things as well. 
Um, so I think that there was a lot of just hope for this movie to do well, and, and you know, people were wanting this movie to stand out so that it furthers that sort of message or, you know, mm-hmm. the, the cultural significance. But I, I think that um, it did end up falling a bit flat due to the film's, I guess, sort of... Um, for me, it's inconsistencies and just the the fact that the rising action was fun, but then the climax and the falling action and all of that just kind of fell short of expectations. Yeah. Um. So I don't. I you know. I I think the early reviews come from critics, so I'm wondering what they were thinking, because it's it's clear now that the that most audiences agree that this movie did not fulfill the expectations that it had or did not um it was not what it could be um so i'm wondering what that was personally and i guess i guess from from me the only thing that i can think of is that due to the cultural significance of this movie um it was it was those were sort of hopeful reviews that they were like, oh, this movie is going to hopefully do very well and, and therefore it'll inspire more, you know, female-led action movies beyond it, which, I mean, they're still going to come out, which is great, so. Um, but I, I, I'm really, um, I guess, disappointed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, in the way that the movie did and how it turned out. So I guess I'm now excited for Black Widow to <laughs> see if that is any better. Yeah. So do you have but what you what, have a what are your for... Yeah, but real quick I just wanna I want mm-hmm. you to what do you think? So that that's actually you know, an interesting thing because 'cause I'm sure I mean I don't think you actually watch television, just maybe stream stuff, but mm-hmm. there were commercials where people were hyping it up and sort of talking about how excellent of a film it was like i remember seeing those commercials yeah well in your mind what do you think you know where's the where's the disconnect there yeah um well let me tell you two of my favorite things about this movie so my favorite my first favorite thing is the opening um athletic competition where child diana is competing like with all the amazons in this like really cool series of challenges and like archery and racing and that stuff um i thought that was that was like i think a lot of fun for the opening part and there but they had a moral punch at the end where it's like diana cheats and um i think the general or her mother the general doesn't let her win because she knows she's cheated um so she's having to like process like you know it's like you might not be ready like to win this yet and i have a little bit of trouble seeing how that message like fit into the movie. I don't think it connects with the rest of the movie. I was about to say that. (laughs) Yeah. But, but I, I enjoy, I really enjoyed that like bit, I guess. And the the other thing I really enjoyed was how the stone in the story is powered by the God of lies. So that there is this offer handed out that is like enticing and it gives the wisher something to deeply desire, but it's a lie because the um, God or the stone or whatever is going to take something from that person as well. I thought that was a really kind of cool, um, thing just to think about in terms of like our desires and what we're wishing for in terms of like a, kind of like a moral because it's a superhero movie so I think we watch these movies a little bit looking for like what are the lessons or the things they're trying to tell us are like noble or worth doing and of course with different people's value systems there's not going to be great consistency there um, but I thought that was good because there is like a very real I think way that I've seen that play out in the world where like when I I might do something I think is right and I want to do, but then I see that that has bad consequences on other people. It's like, well, I probably shouldn't have wanted to do that. You know, like this is, this was not a good thing to want. So I I think it it got, it started going towards some good directions like that. But I think for the reason you just said, where there were a lot of great elements to this movie, but perhaps it was the length or it was everything it was trying to do, but I don't think it was woven well together into like a single cohesive movie. I think it was just maybe too much going on or there wasn't enough um wasn't really enough like effort into the retaining the whole for the sake of trying to keep all the parts um 
because I, I really like the acting. Like I said, I liked elements of the story. Like we, we have some issues maybe with the climax and confrontations at the end, but it had good messages like kind of throughout where Wonder Woman's like weren't telling the world's like, hey, what you're wishing for is not what you think, like renounce your wish. So it puts the kind of impetus on the average person to like, you know, become the hero and renounce their wish for the sake of the good of others. But yeah, I just think it, I just think it's how it doesn't fit together well as a movie. Um, yeah, and and just you you made me think of something when you were when you were talking there, when you were talking about people renouncing their wish. Are we supposed to believe that everybody on the planet who made a wish renounced it? Because yeah, <laughs> because they they made so they they. Sh- so you were you were thinking you told me that you thought that maybe because Maxwell Lord renounced his wish it sort of undid everything. Yeah. But and, then and, they showed us a montage of people all over the world renouncing their personal wishes after that. Yeah. So it led me to believe that in order for everything to go back to normal everybody on the planet had to renounce their wish, which yeah. I think is a um is a sweet sentiment, but I I just personally don't buy it. <laughs> right. And again, I, I think, don't think so, everybody yeah. would renounce their wish. Yeah. And, uh, and if so, that's how they did it. If that's if they put that part after Maxwell Lord doing it, then that could just be a post-production kind of decision of like, hey, maybe we should put this part before so that he's like the final wish, not just, and it's, it's like not, um, it does matter. He's hearing people renounce their wishes and he's starting to think like, oh. You know, maybe I need to too, because I, I can't really remember how that part works. Um, I think but it was, he it renounced was first, and then they did. Yeah, but is what point, I remember. Yeah, and to your point, whatever we saw, it has left us feeling a little bit confused as to what was actually necessary to break break the the spell that's been cast over the world. Um, so yeah, I, I I I have a hard time impugning like any one person for like whatever the error I'm describing, but it's just like you know. Sometimes I guess the movie works with all of its parts being complex, like in a Nolan movie. But sometimes maybe it just it doesn't because um, they're not quite like connected enough. Yeah. So like, like you were saying, there's some beautiful shots, and I really like individual parts of this movie. It just kind of didn't make sense to me as a as a collection of of scenes. Yeah. And um. Yeah, like you said, I don't know how that opening scene fits in with the rest of the movie we watched. Like I don't Yeah. I don't get it. Like I don't know. I don't I didn't understand why that scene was even included. Yeah. Like it was it was fun to watch and it was neat, but Yeah. So I guess I'll I, I'll tip yeah. my hand first and give my number um and say that probably going under IMDb, I think I'm going to go with a 5. Um because also we've really watched some great movies. I want to leave space above a five for like movies that I would watch like watch again or like I would place a lot of value on. Um, but I wouldn't want to go below a five because, like we said, there are some redeeming qualities. This movie is visually like spectacular and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's I can't. I, I just I don't. I, I need to leave room above that five for other movies I'm thinking of. I guess in the back of my head. Yeah. Um, so on my personal IMDb account, I gave this movie a six. Um, you make a good point about leaving room. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know what? I'm going to stick to my guns. We'll split the middle and agree with IMDb (laughs) (laughs) or we'll split the difference. So I'll I'll go with your rating, Caleb. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know what? I'll, I'll give it a six. I think, yeah. You know, to to anyone listening to this, I will say that that is a very, very generous six. Um, I don't necessarily believe this movie deserves that, but that's what I'm going to give it. Well, you're feeling generous today, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling generous, so yeah, here's like another the, wish. I feel like <laughs> if so, whoever's listening to this, what they might be surprised by is, given what I said and given what you said, you gave it a slightly higher rating than what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that might you surprise some people. I changed my answer, right? 4.5. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, no, that's I, fine, though, Like to, yeah. to have that result. It's kind of funny. I don't know. Yeah, that's just... This, I don't know. I'm, I'm an enigma. Yeah. But... Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that. I I think that 
I didn't say anything that wasn't um just yeah um or you know supported but um i i think it's interesting we didn't really talk about steve trevor that much which not much to like we kind of did but yeah. also we didn't i mean i get he he didn't play as big of a role as you would think though too like yeah, chris pine really, yeah was in the movie for like one hour in the middle of the movie but he was largely absent for yeah. big portions of it yeah considering he is chris pine and, and and whatnot so right and i think yeah i mean some of that's just like the nature of the story is like he could only be in there for as long as he was wished in and i mean yeah. in some ways it was helpful because as she was taking him on a tour of the 80s like we were getting the tour of the 80s too and you know like the what the world's like he's looking at a trash can thinking it's some piece of modern art because it's like you know like how how what what are these people like interested in and stuff and how i mean i'm not a pilot but how would you know someone's a pilot's understanding of you know airplanes from the 40s from world war two was it world war one or world war two that she was involved in it was it was the trenches wasn't it so that's yeah, World I War One. World War One, yeah. So how would his? So he just kind of starts up a plane from the eighties, like it's no big deal. Like he he flicks one thing and says, "Nope, that's not right." But then yeah. from that point on, he's able to get a plane up in the air, um, having no you know education whatsoever yeah. on the new planes. I, that's also kind of a disconnect for me because I don't I don't think that those skills would translate you know seventy years later. Yeah, we would have to, um, I guess, reevaluate that a little bit, or, yeah, I don't know. You have to yeah, suspend your uh, belief a little bit, um, because I guess that is a little bit of a, a a leap to make. I mean, you, yeah, I think you could pick apart a lot of things, so I think you just have to sort of roll with it. Yeah. So if you're gonna, <clears throat> yeah, if you're gonna watch this movie, I guess you could take, uh, or if you have watched this movie, you know, reflect on it and see how you think. Um, our comments either are fair or unfair about it um think about how it fits in with its uh predecessor and also to the rest of the dc universe as we pointed out there may be some strengths and weaknesses on that front but um i would say this is a great movie to stream someday um when it's on if you're like in a, quarantine yeah if you're in quarantine <laughs> and it's on one of your uh, services which you subscribe to that you will get entertainment out of it and yeah like we said take it take our word for what it's worth also too can i just make um uh, something that i thought of just randomly right now is um well you were talking about identity early Mm -hmm. on and like how you know all the dc characters try to protect their identity Mm -hmm. and it's funny how the marvel characters like everybody knows who they are like they're all famous like the superheroes are yeah and everybody knows that you know captain rogers is is captain america and (laughs) they know who hawkeye is they know black widow's face and and who she is and they they know dr banner and they know tony stark is iron man i think it's just interesting how the dc universe characters are very adamant about you know protecting like wonder woman seen destroying cameras and and things that might catch her because she wants to remain hidden and for people not to really know who she is um and and that's the case with like all of like all of the dc characters wear like masks and um sort of fight to to retain their identity close to the chest Mm. um but that's just that's just an interesting thing i thought of because i feel like we know who all the or the whole world knows who the marvel characters are yeah like their yeah. secret identities and everything. Yeah, that uh, that that may be a good um, good sign that we need a conversation in the future about differences between Marvel and DC movies or something like yeah. of that nature because that is a very interesting observation. I didn't I didn't think of, um, and and in like the tone of these movies, like you're saying, how it kind of affects the the characters and their stories. Yeah. Um, but well, I, think, I think I think that was a yeah I think that does it for me. <laughs> yeah, um, I really enjoyed getting to see this in theaters, um, and but I also probably look forward to seeing a different movie next time I go to the theaters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not sure the next time I'll, 
I mean, I'll probably go to the theaters maybe this weekend. I don't know. <laughs> but but um, I, I was actually kind of, the, the movie Promising Young Woman kind of uh, piqued my interest a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it, it looks it looks interesting. So I might check that one out. But um, the next time we see a movie together, it could be something like, you know, Black Widow or the new Bond movie or something. Yeah. Um, so until then, we will we will find the best movies we can uh, to watch and to talk about. Yeah, yeah. I think. Do you want to say what we've got in the works, or because I mean it could get pushed back again. Let's just say if if it's the movie we are planning on, then it has one actress in common with the Black Widow movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's is... obviously Florence Pugh. We're going to review <laughs> Fighting with My Family. Yes, obviously. <laughs> but but now, well, um, yeah. If, if you got nothing else to add, um, we can yeah. we can go ahead and leave it. I th- I really enjoyed our conversation today, and and think we we um, both brought up some some interesting points and and unpacked this movie a little bit. Yeah, so thank you, Caleb, um, for sharing, and I thank you all who are listening. Um, Let us know if you enjoyed it and if there's any movies you want us to do in the future. So until next time. And remember, your life is good, but it could be better.